Hello and welcome to the Big Happy Life podcast. I'm Natalie Britt and this week I'm talking to Will Rainey, who is the founder of Blue Tree Savings. Will's early career involved advising governments, the world's largest insurance companies and retirement schemes on how best to look after their billions to now helping parents understand how to teach their kids about money. When you think about the role that money plays in our lives and how it can be the source of such significant stress for so many of us, it's very easy to see how learning really good money habits very early on in life would stand you in great stead when it comes to things like feeling in control and living a life you want. So today's episode aligns really well with one of this podcast's key goals, which is, of course, feeling in control. But not only that, this is a fantastic opportunity for us to be really good role models for our kids. Because ultimately, the way we handle money and think about money and talk about money will become much of the foundation that they will hold when they deal with money. And so at this early stage, we have quite a significant say in whether or not their financial lives will be a source of stress or a source of reward and enjoyment for them. Although Will's work is all about helping parents teach their kids about money, I found his online course really useful to help me think about money and to learn some lessons about the habits that I've had for, well, my whole life, really. And you'll be pleased to hear that online course is currently 50% off and will remain so until the end of March. We talk about the course towards the end of the conversation, and the details are also in the show notes, which you can find at bighappylife.co.uk. Will is currently based in Vietnam, and he recorded this episode from his home. His family was home at the time as well, so there is some background noise with the children playing and chatting in the background. But hey, I mean, we're a year into lockdown in the UK, so that's the kind of thing that we're pretty used to by now. Here's our conversation. So you teach parents to teach kids about money. Yes, I do. Why that way round? Um, mostly because I feel that kids are going to learn pretty much most of what they learn about money from their parents. A lot of it's going to be observational, so even just going and seeing how parents spend at the shops or how parents kind of feel about money, whether parents are sort of saying, oh, money doesn't grow on trees and you don't deserve that money or we never have any money. So kids are going to pick up on all these little bits from the parents. So I felt if I went straight to kids and just taught them so I can go into some charities, do some really great work going into schools, I felt that if it wasn't kind of uh, mirrored in terms of what they're learning and what they're seeing at home, it might not be as effective. So what I thought I'd want to do is teach parents about money so a but parents are kind of learning about money in a very easy and friendly way because you're kind of teaching at a level that they can then go and teach their kids so parents are learning but then they can sort of learn with their kids at home they can become role models for their kids uh, and it's an ongoing kind of education so it's not like going to a classroom teach uh, the kids once and hopefully they retain that for their their entire childhood with parents that Parents can learn it, they can absorb it, and then sort of drip feed it to their children over and over again. Uh, so the kids kind of reinforce that that kind of learning. So, yeah, it's very much that kind of two-for-one type of mentality, teach the parents as well as teaching the, the kids at the same time. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And, I mean, again, one of the things that this podcast is all about is being a role model for your kids um, yeah. because – 
my thing is habits. And once they're embedded, they're really hard to change. Actually, the episode that went live today in the podcast is all about why habits are really hard to change. So if you can get in with money habits really early on, a really good money habits, I think it, it stands the child in fantastic stead for adulthood, doesn't it? 100%. And there's research done and it shows that kids actually pick up lots of their habits by the age of seven, which is like most people don't think that kids even know about money at seven. But by seven year olds, they're, they're understanding whether they can just go out and spend. If, as soon as they get money, do they go out and spend it straight away? And if they, they're already doing that by like seven or eight, that's going to be like a habit that's going to stick with them unless someone comes in and changes it. But we know that habits are hard to change. So so important that parents start talking to their kids from about as young as four so they can start building great habits from really young age um, and this is why I believe that kind of pocket money is such a powerful tool and I would encourage all parents who, who do have only even if it's only a little bit of money uh, to give their kids some pocket money to help form those habits because if they get a little bit of money every time they get that money they can make a money decision and with the parents' help, they can help save a little bit of that money every time, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then as they get older and might they get more and more money, they'll get they'll just have that habit of, of saving. And the more money they have in terms of having pocket money, it just gives them that kind of tool or, uh, to, to really be able to form those habits. Otherwise, they've just kind of got to rely on birthdays and Christmas and the occasional tooth fairy. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very hard to, to build sort of recurring habits Um from such little exposure to, to money. That makes sense. Okay, so uh, while you were talking, three questions crashed in my head at the same time. Oh, no. So I'll start with the first one, um, which is you mentioned there about teaching kids when they're you know as young as four, and you also mentioned saving. Is that what you would teach them as the first thing to learn? Yeah. Yes, I think it's – so kids are going to naturally learn that money is for spending. Um we need to teach kids actively that money has should and can be saved. So I remember when we talked the kind of piece I use with my children is I get them, and I have done since they're very young, to think of money like a seed. And that money can be spent. Those seeds can be given away and traded for, for whatever they like. But kids automatically know that a seed can be planted. And if you plant it, it will grow. And that's exactly what I want all kids to, to be doing is making sure that every time they get some money, they take, say, one out of every 10 uh, pounds, whatever it is, um, and put that and save it away. And that's kind of like planting a seed. And what the ultimate goal is, is that they, that seed will grow into kind of a tree uh, and keep growing. And then hopefully as they get older and older, they'll start having lots of trees and have their own forest. And it's that security of having that forest that brings financial well-being to, to all those who have savings essentially um and we know today that adults suffer from so much financial stress and anxiety because they have no savings they don't have any trees they don't have this forest Mm. so it's so important for kids to sort of visualize um that money can grow uh if it's it's kind of saved away but it's just so so important that kids learn to to have a a savings habit from such a young age because it's really hard to form a savings habit when we're older (laughs) as we know that most people today are spending more than they, they they earned, let alone trying to save any. So, yeah, no, I think it's so, so important from a young age. Yeah. And I've, okay, so that was led to another question, but I'm still going to keep going with the, the first ones. 
about um, children and the things we teach them. Because one of the things I see a lot online, and you know, there are people who specialize in this area, all about money mindset. What would you say about money mindset and what we, how would be the ideal way to think about money and how should we teach our kids to think about money? Yeah, so I think it's, so one of the big bits is this whole kind of rich versus wealthy. And I think that just has a really big, um, impact on how you think about money and most people don't know the difference between rich and wealthy so and I think it's so rich is having money to spend today and that means you see people on tv you see them in the magazines you see them all over social media they they get some money from somewhere whether that's being fame or they invested in bitcoin and they've got all this money and they go and spend it uh, and they show off everything that they've been buying so they've had the big house they've got the nice cars the nice clothes and that's being rich. But as they're spending all their money, so if you have a million pounds and you spend a million pounds, you have no money left. <laughs> so you were rich and now you're not rich anymore. Um, and But all we see is those people being able to spend. What I really want uh, everyone more to focus on, especially kids and helping parents teach their kids, is about this notion of being wealthy. And that's having money looking after you, not just today, but over time, so that you have essentially freedom <laughs> and it's having this mindset that if you have as going back to that analogy I had if you have this kind of forest of savings and it, that savings are, are just either high interested savings not very common at the moment uh, or or investing which is I'm really passionate about that forest is going to keep producing seeds even when you're asleep <laughs> so it's producing money that you can then grow and build and grow and build and that just gives you freedom that gives you time to not worry as much about money and for me i like it if, if i say to my girls they they already say oh my friend has this my friend has that i'm always like well that's great but do they have this kind of forest <laughs> behind them and they say oh we don't know and you're like well if you don't know you shouldn't care <laughs> what other people are doing you should just care about your own savings and only spend once you have enough that you can spend and not ruin your kind of savings kind of habits or mindset so yeah the more we can do to help kids not try and uh, keep up with the joneses even from a young age is it's going to have a massive impact on their ability to start saving and not worry about what other people are doing with their money and, and just be looking after their money in their forest. Sounds good. Now, you mentioned there, of course, savings. This is the main thing we've spoken about so far, but like you just said, savings not doing very well, right, at the moment. So you put money in a savings account, it's not doing anything. Wow. What would you teach parents to do as well as or instead of saving when saving isn't really a great option right now? Yeah. So this is one of the bits I really, so I, I have kind of three rules of wealth is what I call them. So the first one is, so again, using the kind of seed analogy, the first one is just keep one out of every 10 seeds or money and save that. The second is plant that seed. And that means make it, try and make it grow. And that's where investing comes into it. Uh, I'll just say the third one, the third one is, is super important is, is just be patient and kids need to learn to be patient with money um most of the financial problems people have is because they're impatient and they gamble or they use debt but and they don't invest very well because they're impatient but going back to the investing one uh so yeah so i've been teaching my kids about investing um for well probably just over a year now so they're my kids are six and eight years old two daughters and so i've been trying to help so I've been investing for them for, since they were kind of born. And 
but yeah, I've been teaching them for about a year. And I've also been helping parents because most parents believe, or most adults, sorry, believe investing is very scary. <laughs> it's They're worried they're going to lose all their money because uh, they hear these stories in the newspapers or, or any on the media about uh, stock market crashes, people lose 50% of their money or company goes bust and people, all investors lost millions because uh, of that that company. And that's kind of been ingrained because no one's been taught about the stock market and therefore the only bits they hear is these horrible stories. Whereas actually investing can be very simple uh, and then you don't have to worry about, and you don't have to worry about these headlines if you do it right. So I'll go through what I told my daughters because I think it's a good story for parents to learn. So I essentially said, when we go to, we were in McDonald's at the time, and I said, look, we're in McDonald's. When we go and buy something from McDonald's, we are getting poorer because we're giving our money to McDonald's. McDonald's is getting richer because it's getting all our money. It's getting the money we've just paid for that burger. But it's not just getting money from us. It's getting money from everyone in this restaurant. It's getting money from every single restaurant from around the world. And there's loads of them. So McDonald's is just getting richer and richer and richer. And that's how money can grow. If we owned a piece of McDonald's, we are going to get a bit of that money because we own it. And that's essentially how I said that's what investing is. We Investing is owning a small piece of a company. So in this case, it would be McDonald's. But we own, we invest in a, a fund. And that means we own thousands of different companies, a very small bit in lots of different companies. So that means that we own a bit of Apple. So every, we sort of went, when we went past the Apple store, you see all those people buying stuff. That Some of that money is ours <laughs> and, and yours. Uh, go past Starbucks, same, same. And it kind of very quickly got them to that impression of, they understood what investing was and they knew that how money can grow. But then I really wanted to, them to understand about the kind of risks because clearly that's a bit more for parents than for kids. Because um, then the virus came and everyone had to stay indoors and therefore no one can go out and buy their McDonald's burgers. So therefore McDonald's was not making as much money and therefore those investments are kind of going down. And at the point though, it's kind of, well, once people do control this virus, people will go back out and buy burgers. <laughs> so McDonald's will recover as long as you keep investing. Not only that, but the money that we've kind of given to McDonald's in terms of the investment, they're using to create new burgers. They're going to open new restaurants. They're going to have even more money coming in. And therefore, those investments are going to keep going up and up over the long term. But really, just as an example to show that actually investments go down in the short term, but over the long term, as long as people keep spending and companies keep coming up, new burgers or new phones or new movies, new toys, there's always going to be money kind of being generated. And I think just trying to keep it in that very, very simple terms helps uh, making sure that people don't invest in individual companies. Like I wouldn't put loads of money into McDonald's in itself because there could be a massive outbreak of like, bad story about McDonald's and it just goes bust. I don't know whatever that may be. Um, but if you have thousands of companies, it doesn't matter if one goes bust because you still got thousands more. And out of those thousands of companies, you might have the next Netflix, you might have the next Apple, you might have the next Facebook, which is just going to go through the roof and you're going to own some of that. So you're going to just get wealthier and, and wealthier. Investing doesn't have to be about trying to pick which companies. It doesn't have to be about 
worrying about individual companies. It doesn't have to be worrying about, oh, the market's gone down in the short term because investing should be about taking a long term and investing in lots of companies. And the more that parents can go, go, okay, that sounds simple. Let's do that. <laughs> but more than cases, it's one of the best ways to make money grow. <laughs> and especially for kids, if you've got young kids who are not going to need that money for like 10 years, <laughs> The amount that money can grow versus putting money in a bank account is, is probably going to be significantly more. And it's a life skill that your kids are going to learn and use for, for the next 60, 80 years, whatever they're, they're going to be using and investing uh, over, over their lifetime. Sounds great. Yeah. So what would you say then to parents? Like I take myself, okay, as an example. I want to be a role model for my kids and I want to teach them the these things because actually when I because my my thing is mental health one of the things I think that gets in the way of us feeling calm and managing our state really well is that often we're freaking out like we're stressing about money we're worrying about where it's going to come from and all of that stuff so once you've reached the point where you are you know in your 40s or 30s or 50s or whatever and you haven't got good habits but now you need to teach your kids yeah where would you start? Yeah, so I think it's almost being open with your kids to say, let's do this together. I think that's very interesting. What I've, I really like, I've heard a few stories from parents. But yeah, parents who have sort of said, look, I've, I've been terrible with money, but for the sake of my kids, I'm going to start talking to them about money and we're going to do something together. So my, uh, a good friend, they'd never done any savings before, um, but heard what I was doing with my kids and wanted to do the same. And so they did. They set up a, an investment account and started investing for their, their kids, but at the same time started investing for themselves. And it was the first time they've ever really saved for themselves. And they kind of did it out of convenience because they were doing it for the kids, might as well do it for themselves. But then now they've started to build up and more and more. So I don't think it should be a barrier to say, right, well, I'm, I'm poor with money. I don't know about money. I shouldn't be teaching my kids. It's more of a, hopefully a catalyst to say, okay, let's do this together. Let's start saving. So every month I'm going to put a little bit away for both you and for me. Uh, and we'll do that and we'll talk about it. But also being kind of trying to get parents to take it as a positive step. Because I think, as you say, about mindset, if if you have a very negative mindset uh, that could transfer onto your kids. So even if you are stressed and anxiety, it's trying to say, okay, this is the time to say, right, let's level this out and try and be positive going forward. Even if it's a bit of a face, <laughs> I'm doing it reluctantly. I'm going to try and do this both for myself, but also for my kids. Cause you really do want your kids to grow up thinking that money is positive. Cause if you do have money, you can, have experiences, you can help others, you can have a nice sense of security for your, your own peace of mind. So money can be very powerful. Mm. In terms, but I think a lot of people who are in a negative mindset at the moment, because they just have never been taught about money, it's always good to say, right, at some point that has to change. And if you're going to talk about it with your kids, that's probably the best bit, because it just holds you accountable to be a good role model. Um, and also, as your kids depend on the age of kids, talking to the kids about the mistakes that you've made, but trying to do it in a positive way of how do we turn that negative into a positive? Um, 
because yeah some of the saddest stories that I've heard is that parents say I'm never going to talk to my kids about money it's too stressful for me why do I want to put that stress on my kids that just means that those kids are not going to learn about money and probably going to grow up with a very kind of negative view on money and therefore not going to have the right behaviors uh, or even, even worse they do learn about money but what they learn is that it's stressful and there isn't enough of it yes no exactly so uh, yeah just I hope that people who do read my blogs etc um, say this okay this is nice, a nice opportunity for me and the kids to kind of learn together and do it together um, and that's why I've, I've heard some good feedback from parents who are doing exactly that and that's that's super rewarding um, for both the parents and the kids yeah, I can imagine. Because again, if you can free yourself from the stress of money and you can teach your kids how to do that throughout their lives, it's, I mean, it's an amazing skill to leave them with. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's say someone's listening to this and they're like, you know, that's all great in theory, but I'm basically in tens of thousands of pounds worth of debt and I can barely manage to pay the bills and the debts that I owe on a monthly yeah. basis and still put food on the table. So as much as you're saying, saying about saving and investing, I, yeah. I, I can't do it. What happens then? Yeah, so I think like, so. one of the key bits, and I suppose it goes to that, the, the third rule of wealth that I mentioned is about being patient. And I think you don't need to have money to teach your kids patience. And I think that's something that even if you have zero, getting your kids to delay gratification in other ways, because that is the key, one of the key attributes about whether people are going to be good with money when they're older is can they delay and be patient and it can be taught so you don't have to have lots of money you just have to have some kind of resource but at the same time you can still talk to them about money so when we the kids do have money in the future or when they get money from uh, grandparents or for birthdays and still trying to implement those those kind of um, lessons at those kind of opportunities of making sure that the, the kids kind of understand, okay, this is what I want to do with money. I know what I want to, to sort of plant some seeds. I want to grow this kind of forest. Um, even if I don't have that many seeds to, to plant now, mm. when I'm older, that's my goal. I think that yeah. once kids kind of view. Um, and even in, in terms of the pocket money piece, even if it's the smallest amount, it doesn't matter about the amount. It's even if it's a few pence, um, that they can maybe buy, I don't know, a chocolate bar plus a couple of sweets. And it's like, okay, right, well, instead of buying a chocolate bar and a couple of sweets, just buy the chocolate bar and, and keep the, the little bit. It doesn't matter if, even if the bit they're saving is just a few pence, it doesn't matter. It's the habit, not the amount that's really powerful for kids. Makes sense, makes sense. And it's interesting you say about the patience because there's, um, have you ever heard about the marshmallow test? But yes, yeah. And the the longevity of of the habit. So when they visit, when they revisited those children later on in in adulthood, and looked at the ones who hadn't been able to resist the marshmallow versus the ones who had, and that they had gone on to achieve in almost all areas of life. And so that was the thing that the underlying message was: anyone who can delay gratification in almost any area of your life, it's the underlying skill or habit that you need is the ability to delay gratification. If you're studying and your mates are all going out, but you want to do really well, you've got to delay gratification. So you're only going to go out with them after you finish. Um, wow. If you're saving, it's the same thing, delay gratification. There's so many areas where it applies. So it's, it's definitely a great habit to get kids into. Yeah. No, I just don't rest. 
It's one of those ones. If someone said, "What's your superpower?" and you said, "My power, superpower is patience," people will think that's a bit lame. <laughs> it, it has so many benefits across your whole life. So, work, relationships, money, um, diet, health. <laughs> um, it, it's yeah. So, the more that kids know that and learn that is is a great example. But yeah, the marshmallow challenge is a fantastic one. Just for people who don't know about it, it's they did an experiment where. I think I can't remember how the old kids were young, so maybe seven-ish years old, and they put them in a room with two, one marshmallow and said, "If you don't eat it within 15 minutes, we'll give you two marshmallows." Um, and then they kind of observed those children that ate the mar- one marshmallow and those who waited and got the two. What happened in their lives? And in, in most kind of success factors, the ones that delayed uh, worked out best. There's one though. It's really funny on the video. There's one girl, and what she did, she didn't realize she was being filmed, but she actually hollowed out the marshmallow. So when she put it back, it didn't look like it had been eaten. So I'm not quite sure where, where she is. She's probably a genius and <laughs> imported <laughs> or in prison somewhere. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. I will actually put a link to the marshmallow challenge in the show notes um, and also below this video on YouTube. Um, so if you don't know about the Marshmallow Challenge and you want to find out, then just uh, check out the link. Um, so the other question, and possibly the last question that I want to ask you, is going back to parents who really want to teach their kids these habits, but who do feel overwhelmed by money and who are in a position where they don't feel able to save or to invest um, because there isn't any spare money, what can they do in their own financial journey? Like what would be the first step? You would say, just start here, even no matter how small, start here and use that. So the first bit has got to be that they've got to learn what they're spending on. And that's just, it sounds very, very simple, but it's like the famous saying is what gets monitored gets managed. And in most cases, most people don't know what they're spending. And especially now in this kind of contactless world, but even for us, the, the big bit is the small the small amount of spending, the small but frequent ones is the one that kills most people. It's the, the coffee here, it's the, the extra uh, piece here and there. Um, that soon adds up and people don't kind of realise how big that is at the end of the month. So just having a, um, a little spreadsheet or a, a notepad that just kind of goes, right, how much do I have in each of my bank accounts or credit cards um, at the end of each month. And you know how much that you've uh, earned in that month, because most people only have one source of income. You can kind of easily say, right, have I spent more than I've earned? <laughs> and if, that's, if that is still happening, then they have to be proactive in terms of um, finding out how they can reduce those, those expenses. And that's the key first action is you have to follow that first rule of wealth is to spend less than you uh than you make and in most cases most people don't know how much they're spending <laughs> and therefore are going to keep going on but once they do know that then they have to start prioritizing and say right where can we cut down even if it's just to be slightly lower so if it's how much we're earning and they've got they know how much that even if it's just i don't know one or two percent less and they're only saving one or two percent and paying off some of that debt and just getting into that habit of just making sure that they spend uh, a little bit less than they earn. And I know some people say that's really, really hard. How can I do that? I, all my expenses are needed. In most cases, I know it sounds quite 
fresh, but that's probably not true. If, if the tax man, which had the budget, and if tax goes up by five, ten percent, or if your phone bill goes up another five pounds, you will still pay that. You will find a way of paying that for that. And that has to be the same kind of mentality. Savings should be seen as like a tax or a bill and pay pay that uh, as a kind of a priority. I think that's the, once you have that as a mindset, you, everyone can save a little bit uh, and then you just build up from there. That makes sense. I like that a lot. They always say there was something I read, it was a long time ago, but it said pay yourself first. So you yeah. do your savings and then you deal with everything else. And that's like a separate account. That was something also that I found quite useful is, is moving money out. Because what I used to do was I would hold and I'd be like, okay, that's not to spend. Yeah. But then somehow, you know, there'd be like something I'd see in the shops and I'd go, oh, actually, I'll just, just dip into it and then I'll put it back next month. Um, whereas if it's not in the account, I'd go, I don't have enough to buy that. So then that's yeah. the end of it. And I think no more about it. It was just a lot easier to be able to make that switch. So that's incredibly helpful, actually. Thank you. That's really good. Uh, yeah, that's, that's something that my I've been just recently talking to my kids about. Because companies are getting so clever at finding ways for, for us to spend our money, but thinking that we're saving. So it's the whole buy today, it's, gonna, it's a special deal. Or uh, if you buy two of these, you get a discount. And you're like, oh, I'm saving money. But no, you're not. You're spending more money. <laughs> and it's, so it's always that pay yourself first. So I'm writing a, a story for my kids at the moment where it's a guy wants to go and plant his seeds and he has to go through the, keeps going through the village. But by the time he gets through the village, he's given his seeds away because there's always deals. <laughs> um, and then so the sort of wise old man sort of says, go around the village, plant your seeds <laughs> and then go through the village on your way back. And that's exactly that. That's the pay yourself first or otherwise companies are going to find ways of, of cleverly uh, taking your money. <laughs> yes. Yes. And they do. And it's so enticing. And especially when there's not much else to do, but to buy stuff right now. So <laughs> it's quite tempting. <laughs> exactly. um, so you have a course that's available for parents to buy. It's online. Um, at the moment, it's also 50% off. When does the 50% off finish? So it was going to be, so it's probably going to be end of March. So okay. it was, Kind of lockdown sale, but I'm going to kind of yeah probably end of March uh, just to make sure as many parents have access to that. It's um, yeah sort of five short videos covering uh, habits, rich versus wealthy, a bit about how to teach your kids about investing, uh, gambling, debt, and uh, scams. But again, trying to put lots of little stories and analogies to to make it a memorable for the parents, but also easy for parents to talk to their kids about these topics and even if the kids are sort of six years old it's it's never too early fabulous i would highly recommend the course it's really informative uh, and it really helps you think about the way you want to talk to kids about money but also the way you think about money and the habits that perhaps you've grown up with um, and how that's led you to spend or save or invest or what you think about those things. And then you can start thinking about how you role model those for your kids in such a way that they perhaps sidestep some of the problems you faced, um, but also create more opportunities for themselves and have a really abundant financial future, which is what we all want for them. So, Will, thank you so, so much. It's been a huge pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Just yeah, just, on, just one last point about the habits. I think it's, it's the ha money habits that your kids form that are going to really determine their future financial well-being. So a lot of parents are like, well, if I don't have money or my kid's not doing very well in school or my kid's got bad behaviour, 
that doesn't determine their future financial well-being. Every most kids will have the opportunity to to kind of grow up financially secure. Again, just finding those nice little savings habits from a young age. So it's just having that sort of positive mindset can have a, a huge impact. So, but no, thank you very much for having me. It's uh, been a pleasure. I really hope you found that conversation as illuminating as I did. It really got me thinking about the kinds of things I believe about money and how I'm passing those on to my children, what habits I'm encouraging them to develop and how those habits potentially could serve them in later life. As you just heard there, I already have Will's course. It's something that I found really interesting just going through by myself, but I will definitely take my kids through it as well because I think I've got some quite unproductive money habits and if I carry on this way, I I potentially could be one of the people who will arrive at retirement age and not really be able to live the life that I particularly want to live. So having the chance now to do something about it is really vital and will be one more thing that doesn't have to stress me out, which is of course what we're after on The Big Happy Life. Anything that we can do so that it makes life easier rather than more difficult is of course something that we want. As always, if you know somebody who you think would benefit from listening to this episode, please pass on the link, maybe even include a personal note. Let's share the love and share the lessons. And if you'd like to comment or ask a question, you can do so at bighappylife.co.uk and you can also find the Facebook page. It's Big Happy Life page. For now though, thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.